Hi, you're listening to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that exclusively brings insights from the Indian space activities ecosystem. I'm your host Narayan, the co-founder of India's first space-focused think tank, Spaceport Sarabhai. Guests on the New Space India podcast help you understand space activities related macro and micro trends within India in all aspects including space history, local industry, space science, technology evolution, law and policy, art and more. The New Space India podcast is supported by Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing businesses and people with collaborative virtual environments to enable sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups, small and medium scale enterprises and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellites. Hi and welcome to yet another episode of the New Space India podcast. Today we have here Avesh who is the co-founder and CEO at Pixel obviously is one of the very well known startups that has come out of india and is probably also one of the most successful in terms of being able to get satellites up to orbit and demonstrating some of their images so avesh thank you so much for taking time today to speaking with me of course no happy to be here thanks anpi great pixel has been around at least for 3 4 years now as i remember you guys have been leading a lot of the way into showing that we could build satellites out of india and launch them and be a service provider and so on during this course of time uh, what are the things that you were looking for in space policy and recently the government of india has approved the recent space policy from 2023 what are your initial thoughts on what were your expectations and how it's been how it has been met yeah no absolutely i think it's been we just completed 4 years of operations completely at pixel so we have seen the journey from when there was absolutely no idea or no visibility of a policy to there being an announcement of there being one and then period of limbo where it was supposed to come and then finally some clarity on what in space was doing and finally now the the policy that was approved by the cabinet in terms of thoughts i think the expectation 3 years ago before this all happened was that there needs to be at least clarity that these activities that we are conducting for example in our case that we are building launching operating satellites is something that they would approve that they would the space objects of the united nations space objects registry that they would take up liability as a country because whichever country is the company from that country has to take liability eventually for space objects in space for any third party liability that would come out from that um, so i think just wanted clarity that companies like ourselves and rocket companies could build rockets and other things and that was the first and foremost thing because then that gives confidence to investors to invest money that gives confidence for international partners and customers to be able to work with indian companies that was one expectation the other expectation was just making sure that we didn't as a country end up creating additional restrictions for our companies that other countries do not have which would end up putting indian companies obviously at a disadvantage because the faster you move and the lesser constraints you have the more you can do as a company and thirdly i think just being able to have very a lot of clarity on the time it would take for any type of permission and application or the cost it would take for us to be able to do that right so the, those were broadly the expectations that were there 3 years ago but the main one was let there just at least be some space policy that we could take a look at to know what can be done and what can't be done 
Um, in terms of what happened with actual space policy and what came out, actually, we've been in touch with some of the folks who've been responsible for putting this together from the Department of Space, Prime Minister's office, etc. So it obviously went through a lot of changes and thankfully in the right direction, it became more liberal, it became more flexible as the newer and newer drafts actually came together. For example, I think there was supposed to be one clause in there in the earlier drafts that stated that if there were, if an Indian company was giving being given an approval for something space related, there needed to be a promise that company would end up going public at an Indian stock exchange and not outside. While that is good for the country, you don't mandate it. You do that through your policies and other things and mandating it really helps create issues for international companies trying to do something here. So things like that are actually removed in the subsequent versions of the, the policy, which is good. So I think very happy with the first draft of the this policy that has actually come out because um, at least the way I see it, there are no more additional restrictions that India's space policy adds that a country like United States or United Kingdom or any of the other space-faring nations like France put there, which is very important. And more importantly, it now provides utmost clarity that in space is this entity that will do all of this stuff for interfacing commercially with ISRO's facilities. New Space India Limited is the one that we need to talk to. And that ISRO will continue to focus on research and development now and not not anything else. So I think glad to be able to see that. Um, also glad to be able to see that there was a little bit of forward thinking on the policy. For example, there's a line that says that Indian companies, if they go out and capture resources in deep space, whether that is the moon, the asteroid belt, that company has legal ownership of that and are allowed to do that, which is quite, quite a fresh breath of air to know that uh, it was thought of. So I think, yeah, generally happy with this. I think what is still lacking that should have ideally been provided and hopefully will come is a clarity on exactly how the processes for approvals will work, which is not only a step-by-step process of what we need to submit and what should not be submit as well, along with how long it would take for in-space to respond to certain situations. For a satellite application, should it be two months? A rocket application, should it be one month or three months? So just having clarity that this is going to be the time that in-space is committing to at least get back with a response. And then they could decide to extend it to 30 more days and not beyond that and things like that. I think that is still something that would be important and the cost it would take for anything, for renting out a testing facility or paying for liability or should we actually be taking third-party liability insurance or is that covered through a different route? There's a little bit of clarity on those points, but I think the rest of it, as I mentioned, is quite quite promising. Having this is going to be really helpful for a lot of other startups to come up. Right. One of the aspects here that is interesting to discuss is the the framework of in-space that you briefly also mentioned. Obviously, the policy talks about what is in-space and it's a promotion and regulatory agency and so on. But for me, when you actually critically look at it, there cannot be one body that does promotion and regulation at the same time. There are two different things at the end. But also, I think it's a question of making it, as you mentioned, setting up the processes with time-bound manner responses to all of you guys who are building all of these systems and so on. Do you think that uh, a law is necessary for the legislative bodies to recognize in space as a real regulator or do you believe that the policy is just enough and you don't want to see a space law being discussed uh, so i think the answer could that to that could be either way not a very strong opinion 
But regardless of whether it is ratified by actual law or whether it is actually implemented through the policy, it's a good thing. I think, first of all, I think, yeah, there definitely needs to be a separation of regulators from promoters, from organizations that are actually doing the work, which is one of the concerns which was there earlier, which we all know that ISRO was behaving as both kind of the regulator and the operator in the space, which was obviously a conflict of interest, regardless of how well-intentioned it was, given that the chairman of ISRO is also the secretary of DOS, etc. But at least with the clarification through the policy that InSpace is the one that will do this, there's at least some legs to stand on to say that, yeah, completely, there's this one single window of clearance, which is quite quite a good thing, I would say. Having one place where you apply for everything that you don't have to keep on going to multiple places to figure out, oh, you have, do you have to apply for this, do you have to apply for that, which is the case even in the US. For example, I think you have to apply for the FCC license for your frequency registration and space object registration, but for imaging, you have to separately apply to uh, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration and the, either of them don't tell you to go and do this as well. You have to figure that out on your own that you're supposed to reach out to these two entities separately and you're supposed to do this. Whereas having at least in space designated as the one entity where you reach out with all concerns and they guide you to different places. So I don't think it's necessary it needs to be ratified by law, but of course having something stronger in terms of saying, for example, that space companies do not have to procure tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars of third party liability insurance as a space object and India as a nation will ensure that it takes it up. It would be helpful things like those very specifically because it doesn't make sense or nor can a small startup company building launching its space objects take up a policy for third party liability insurance for an event that might be a very minuscule probability event and no other country does that so i think those are the things that would be good to to have a little bit more clarity on but at least designating in space through a policy and making it clear for everyone in the department of space and in different ministries and cabinets gives the gives in space that the power on paper at least to be able to move things through which is which is good also given the fact that the chairman of in space now will be on the space commission means that there would be a voice in in figuring out what needs to be there so a policy is a great step but eventually yes i think at some point there has to be there has to be a law to ratify and to be able to quick to be able to shore up some more things yeah again a policy obviously is just a first step in really opening up the business because at the end of the day the policy in itself if it doesn't lead to companies like you or yourself growing it doesn't mean anything as an outcome uh, obviously part of that is really opening up demand i'm i was very happy to learn that you guys got this contract from the nro a few weeks ago and congratulations on that and it's a very Thank interesting you. yeah and it's a very interesting development but i fail to see why the agencies within the government should not provide such a contract to you guys because if an if an organization like nro is trusting you there's no reason why an organization in india shouldn't and that's a larger debate at the end that needs to take place in the country because it's a question of reforming the procurement and trusting companies to deliver something that they are looking to establish. It's that's the trust that you've been able to earn there. And what are your thoughts around this? How do you think agencies either at state, federal level should look at procurement and supporting companies like you guys? Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing. So I think there's a limited thing that a policy or law can do, right? You can't mandate the spending of the government due to law or due to policy, which then becomes the other side of the things that is something a nation should prioritize. Now, to be frank, the private space industry in India is only about two and a half to three years old and not more than that in general, since the government announced that it would privatize space and 
that this was something that would be encouraged versus in in the United States things have been going on like that at least since ever since Apollo where private companies built and did a lot of things and since the 1980s or 90s where they were given freedom to be able to actually start doing things completely independently as private entities so it's taken a long time in the US for the military indial military industrial complex and the civil industrial complex to be able to start delivering to them and and that's continued which would make it easier for them to come up with new contracts and be more comfortable with procuring and being a little bit more experimental at the early stages of companies like ours but that's never been the case in india except i think in the last 2 to 3 years in the case of fidex for innovation in defense technologies that the ministry of defense has been doing which is a good model kind of to be able to take a look at everywhere else and see okay can we actually create a separate budget that set aside for private companies especially at the early stages for us to be able to fund that development make sure that these companies get through that valley of death that people talk about where companies usually end up dying and being able to at the end of that light not only provide a small grant that will that that might end up creating an impact or not but at the end of it having procurement very importantly as you rightly mentioned because at the end of it if the government of your country will not be a procurer for a high risk high cost technology then there is hardly anyone at that stage very rarely someone at that stage that will be able to do that so i think that's something of Obviously, that can't be mandated by law. That this is the amount of spending that has to be done every year on a budgetary basis. But I think once the IDEX model at least um, starts to come up, and it has been, I think last uh, few months they put out the different space prime challenges for some space-related applications for different agencies. But beyond that, I think ISRO itself can look at procuring civil missions from private agencies in a small way now, and then grow to there being a good balance between what they are doing versus what they can procure from private agencies, and not only. that different ministries have different use cases ministry of agriculture might need data from space you will have ministry of mines that would want to know what minerals are present and creating a map of things like that which will all require space technologies so the other aspect of it is how much power does in space actually have to be able to influence that and regardless of that how much the government at the top level can actually influence that yeah it's a very important point that you actually mentioned because at the end of the day this is the role that i would want to see in space assume as a part of its promotion directorate which is you know at the end of the day the end users are present and they have their requirements and there should be a way in which procurement can be overhauled where the end user talks about what they want for example i want to monitor all the dry land and wetland and crops and the top 20 crops grown in the country and so on and that gets translated into a requirement which then is tendered out which then is exposed to companies like you who can then bid on it to provide a service to be able to monitor those resources and give advice and one platform model so that's i think the larger sense so do you get a sense that how ready are we for such a regime where uh, at the end users who who have this demand both at the federal and the state levels because isro is just a delivery mechanism at the end the demand is coming from users at the end and they are the ones who are generating or using that data or communication network or whatever at the end do you think there is still quite a lot of work to be done to appraise the system to be able to overhaul in that perspective because for me this is the real opening up at the end because this is what the us does very well right they open up the demand from nova and whatever nro nga and so on and they are the, they have the end users there and the end users get to work with the private sector directly correct 
Absolutely. No, I think that is very important. As I mentioned, it's not just grant, it's also finally the acquisition and the end users being able to use it. Now, with the IDEX Prime Space challenges, the end users in the case of the Indian Air Force or the Indian military, the Indian Navy and the Defense Space Agency also have been putting out some requests for small satellites and these components and these wishlist items. But it needs to go much beyond that. It needs to be able to Ministry of Agriculture, Ministry of Mines, all have been working with the National Remote Sensing Center for quite a few years. So it's been a very government to government based interaction where ISRO used to build these satellites, send them up there. The data used to come down. National Remote Sensing Center based out of Hyderabad used to analyze it and used to have agreements, MOUs with different ministries to help provide the inputs for those kinds of things that you also talked about. What are the top 20 crops? How much of wheat is growing this year? Is there going to be a surplus or is there going to be a deficit? How healthy is the soil? Has the health of the soil changed? For example, things like that, that the end user, which is in this case, Ministry of Agriculture and different departments would directly work on and provide that input to the relevant decision makers. But ISRO was the one essentially building, providing funding, all of that through its budget. And as long as, you know, that itself could be a good starting point or a conduit for these contracts. If ISRO already knows that this is what the Ministry of Agriculture has requested of them or Ministry of Mines or Ministry of Urban Planning has requested of them with regards to satellite data specifically or something that the Department of Telecommunications has asked from a communication satellite and infrastructure standpoint. This they already know that they can, as the technical experts in the country, take up the role of saying that, okay, we have collated all of these requirements. As ISRO, the space agency, we have been doing so many things previously. We can't do it all. Let's now put out some of these requirements to the private industry and see where they can plug in the gap. And we will, as ISRO, plug in the rest of the gap. Eventually, I think as as close as we get to a point where ISRO is spending all of its budget on deep space R&D and space infrastructure related stuff that private companies can't and shouldn't spend on. And as, as much as they can use that budget to be able to create five, six, ten different companies that are doing those things so that there's not only a burgeoning of the private space industry, but also a de-risking in terms of how many companies or how many organizations something is dependent on. I think ISRO can start with creating that role because they've already been doing it for the civil sector predominantly. For the defense sector, thankfully, the indigenous defense procurement policies have been making it easy. I was actually quite pleasantly surprised to see how quickly after the announcement of the policy, they put out these defense space prime challenges and how quickly they also announced a few winners for a few few challenges, right? Our friends at Bellatrix ended up winning one grant for the thrusters, which is amazing, and a few other examples too. So I think that is good on the defense side, but it's still in the very, very early stages. We still need to get to the big leagues, right? Getting a 10 crore grant, which needs to be separately matched by the company is great it's better than zero that was coming in earlier but then to be able to take that to the next level as to actually making sure that there's a procurement at the end of it because grants can only take you so long you actually need revenue that sustains you year on year to be able to do that exciting times but pleasantly surprised with with the pace i think at which india has been able to work avoid the pitfalls of some other countries and move forward but yes there's still a lot to be done from creating that market perspective as you mentioned and Who do you think is the best place to open up such demand? Because at the end of the day, even the defense, as you mentioned, the IDEX challenges and so on. So as you mentioned, it's a grant-based system, right? It's not an operational demand that people are satisfying tomorrow. Because at the end of the day, it's all an R&D support system at the end, at the very early stages. But it is not over. There is an operational requirement to have imagery over radio of interest every single hour or every single day or whatever, or change detection as a service. Is the gap in your perspective not knowing how to write these contracts and contracting a doubt, which the US has been able to figure out in a very efficient way? Or 
what do you think you know is the key to opening up that demand because that demand definitely exists for sure i think at a certain level there has to be clarity on what needs to be procured if you look at china for example right they've been fairly good at mobilizing the private industry which is could be state owned or not state owned to be able to say as, as a nation we need capabilities in rockets and we need it in small launch so, small satellite launch vehicles we need it in heavy lift vehicles medium lift vehicles and different companies have been given different amounts of funding they've been doing a good job at distributing the indigenous capability between two or three different companies on different modalities of data some company is focused on sar some other companies are focused on video some other companies are focused on hyperspectral and that has been done well and similarly early i think we are starting to see that in the us also with the us space force and specifically the space development agency saying we're going to create a constellation of thousands of satellites for the national integrity security etc and what not and that is going to be spread across hundreds of companies who are going to work together with these requirements to create something that the entire nation can use for example something like that would be a good start at least the question you asked was where do we see that actually coming from i think the easier easiest and obvious the obvious answer is that it will come from the ministry of defense they have the largest budget right now to be able to procure indigenously and move away from procuring from international sources and space happens to be one by the fact that they've set up defense space agency with some budget helps that thing but also the indian air force and some other agencies are also directly looking at it if you see the challenges and who are the end users there so i think that's a great start some of them have also been put out as make one or make two challenges are of course completely industry funded those don't count but what they're promising is that if you get get through the make two or make one challenge at the end of it we will ensure that you have procurement for these products which is great with make two you have to fully fund it as an industry but make one projects are even more important because in that case there's no limit to your sort of amount that you are asking for what you're building it could be upwards of 100 crores of course it's not infinite that's still a significant jump in in terms of magnitude from 10 crores to 100 crores plus on what you are able to provide that the government will completely fund but not only that more importantly at the end of it the ip will get to be owned by the industry themselves which is very critical because otherwise innovation won't happen if people don't get to own the ip that they worked on and then they own that ip and they can continue to replicate what they have built with that and there'll be a procurement at the end of it i think a lot more clarity on how much of that procurement will it be will it be five of the products built or five of these satellites or rockets built or will it be 10 and things like that would be important to understand but uh, the promising of procurement in idex policy and idex documents is very important not just because they provide grant but they actually show that there's light at the end of the tunnel in terms of revenue to come that needs to be scaled up and seen as a model by different ministries but it's i think a matter of getting comfortable with the private agencies it's a matter of getting comfortable with actually doing it in the first place where they haven't done before with the civil agencies noaa and nasa and as you mentioned already procure a lot of data so isro can isro or national remote sensing center within isro can take up that mandate of saying we will take out some of our budget and actually procure data that we can work on create research products out of that we will disseminate between different industries so they can then directly go to these companies and work with it or the different ministries themselves have to be educated i think education is going to be a big part of of the work of companies over the next few years to be able to do this but the most easy and obvious answer as to where we will see inroads being made over the next year or two is defense as i just mentioned final question avesh what would be your advice to newer companies that are now starting up in india would they would you think that they should be just focusing on building in india for the world and just wait it out until the local markets mature you've seen this all for the last few years as well 
Yeah, yeah. I think I might be a little biased in answering this, but we as a company have always decided that we will need to be global in nature and that NRO contract proves out that that philosophy. We started the company here in India. Very shortly, we ended up creating our branches in uh, in the US and there's one that's coming up in Europe as well. And we've been looking at every geography from South America to Australia to, to everywhere else because we don't know where the opportunity will come from. And not because we don't want to work in India. It's just because the ecosystem or the customer base doesn't really exist at a large scale i think you will you will be able to get in the first few customers now thankfully because there's a decent chunk of initial mass of space companies working here but none of them have raised hundreds of millions of dollars and none of them are profitable except companies that have been only providing components to isro and in the lack of that funding scenario or the lack of profitability you will find hard pressed for other companies to actually be procuring from some other private companies here and that is something that the other parts of the world have been doing well europe and european space agency have large budgets for procuring private services and we've just talked about the us canada is up and coming there have been things in australia that have been happening there's a india us australia grant thing that's going on with regards to space that we're working with different australian companies on what could be done so there's a lot of scope for collaboration but i think it is necessary uh, for a company that is in india to say let us build here let us build in india let us leverage the experience and the expertise that isro scientists and isro as an brings and also the infrastructure structure that exists we don't have to build our own testing facility at pixel because we can just take our satellites to isro's testing facilities and rent it out and you know take it in we get it out and not have to spend a lot of money and things like that but at the end of it outside of the country you need customers and the largest number of them are not here hopefully that will change in 5 years but it has to the companies have to be built keeping in mind international demand yeah absolutely good luck with everything you guys have been i think an inspiration for many other people to come down the line good luck to you and shitaj uh, and hopefully look forward to catching up with you in person in one of the shows yeah yeah absolutely thank you so much and be great chatting with you as always thank you for listening in to this episode of the new space india podcast if you enjoyed this conversation please share this episode with anyone you believe will enjoy listening to it You'll be able to find the New Space India podcast in any of the podcasting platforms that you may be using including Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube and others. Do subscribe to the podcast in case you want to receive new episodes automatically. I'm grateful if you're able to leave a rating for the podcast which will help others discover it. Thank you for listening in again and the next episode will be out in the next 2 weeks as usual.